From DTCC, you're listening to Advancing Financial Markets Together. Join us as we dive into industry trends and perspectives with our colleagues across the global financial services community. I'm Christine Castellano, and welcome back to Advancing Financial Markets Together. Today, our topic is preparing for a cloud-enabled, data-driven world, and we're diving into a research paper commissioned by DTCC and recently released by Salent, which provides insights on technology modernization strategies from over 25 senior technology executives at North American Financial Services Institutions. We are thrilled to have a special guest with us today, Monica Somerville, who is the head of Capital Markets Technology Research at Salent, a research and advisory firm focused on technology for financial institutions globally. We also have Rob Palatnik, Managing Director and Head of Technology Research and Innovation at DTCC. Monica and Rob, thank you so much for joining us today. Let's dive right in. Monica, can you first tell us about you and your time with Salent? Sure. Thanks, Christine. And thank you for inviting me to speak here today with you and Rob about this um, research that we've conducted jointly. And uh, yes, I head the capital markets team at Salent. We're a research and advisory firm and an Oliver Wyman business. So our aim is to help our financial institutions clients make confident technology decisions. And in the capital markets team, we cover the impact of technology across the capital markets ecosystem, which includes asset managers, asset servicers, security firms, the global markets divisions of investment banks, and various other financial market intermediaries and infrastructures. And as for me, I'm an engineer by trade, but went straight into capital markets technology. And over my career, I've done stints on the buy side and the sell side. I was a US broker and I worked at a tech startup focused on providing network solutions supporting high frequency trading. I've had hands-on technology experience as head of front office systems for a European bank that was building out its U.S. capital markets business. And the highlight there for me in that role was um, building out the front office data distribution and electronic trading systems for five new trading floors across the U.S. and Canada and overseeing the migration of the existing traders to those new trading floors. In recent years, I've worked mostly as an industry analyst focused on the use of technology in capital markets. I've been at Salent for over two years now. And previous to this, I headed FinTech Research at Tab Group. Thank you. Now over to Rob. Can you tell us about your career journey? Sure. Um, 60 seconds to talk about my 42-year career. This will either be an impressive exercise in brevity or a direct commentary on my career choices. I was hired out of college by a FinTech firm in Boston in 1980 as a developer to build a commercial bank funds transfer system. Uh, This was really an interesting way to start a career, a business-critical, workflow-based, networking, real-time messaging application in 1980 on PDP-11 minicomputers from DEC. A few years later, two of us from that team set off to build a clearing system for U.S. Treasury securities for a bank in New York. I rose through the management ranks and was hired in 1993 as the CIO and CTO for a new industry utility for clearing government securities. A few years later, we merged with an equivalent utility for mortgage-backed securities, and I became CIO for that combined fixed income entity. And in 2002, we merged into DTCC, and I've been acting in a series of leadership capabilities over the past 20 years including 13 as chief technology architect and in my current role as leading the research and innovation uh, division for the enterprise. 
I've been involved in the introduction of many new technologies into our enterprise and into our industry. Uh, so for an even shorter summary, I'm one of the older technologists who knows where our skeletons are buried, uh, but I'm also the lead evangelist and provocateur for modernizing our technology. Thank you. Now let's dive into the research paper. So in the recently re released research paper, Preparing for a Cloud-Enabled Data-Driven World, commissioned by DPCC, two of the key findings of the paper are that cloud adoption is nearly universal among participants, and most are taking a federated approach to adoption. Monica, can you talk a little more about the responses you received on this? Sure, and, and that's right, Christine. We did find that cloud adoption is nearly universal among the study participants. And to be clear, um, these participants were mainly U.S. security firms, both on the buy and the sell side. And to gather the data, we interviewed C-suite executives, heads of innovation and transformation, as well as heads of operation and lines of business at these firms. Also, just a quick note on terminology. When we talk about cloud adoption, we generally can mean public, private, or hybrid cloud adoption. So in other words, we were interested in the study participants' embrace of cloud technologies, as well as their approach to either public or private cloud. So we found that the cloud journey in capital markets usually starts with the private cloud and that the embrace of cloud has been happening for some time. So we've all heard about how cloud use accelerated as a result of the increase in homeworking during the pandemic. But our study found that the trend to adopt private cloud across security firms certainly predated COVID. In fact, we found 70% of our study participants began their cloud journey um, three or more years ago. We also discussed with them their use of approaches to managing cloud. And based on the answers they gave us, we placed the respondents into one of three categories. So we had our cloud leaders, cloud advancers, and cloud skeptics. So the cloud leaders group made up the largest portion of our study participants, as it turned out, with a total of 48% of the total. So that's nearly half of all participants describing their firm as either having cloud-first aspirations or having adopted cloud fully. And that was a, a smaller number out of that group. And then another 47% fell into the cloud advancers camp. So if you add those together, 48%, 47%, I hope you can see why we found cloud adoption as nearly universal. So when it came to managing cloud across the firm, our study found divergent practices and views around whether cloud expertise and um, development capabilities should be fully centralized or federated. Many of the business aligned CTOs that we spoke with at the firms, which had adopted a more centralized model, cited frustration with that model, noting that this could lead to development bottlenecks within the centralized group. So the majority of study participants preferred a federated approach with a core center of excellence, and this center of excellence would offer expertise and function as an advisory center. So this was seen as offering flexibility to the business technology teams, and that allowed them to innovate and deliver cloud applications within the standards and policies set and overseen by that center of excellence. Thank you. So, Rob, how have you seen cloud adoption and migration advance in the financial services industry and at DCCC over the past few years? Sure. What I, what I see and what the paper seems to validate is that we are at or really approaching that hockey stick point of moving past just adoption to full-scale conversion from traditional platforms to all-in-cloud. DTCC started its public cloud journey 
just over 10 years ago, in March of 2012, in November of that same year, 2012, we went to the first AWS uh, reInvent conference, which I believe was the first conference from a public cloud vendor. And we were one of at most a handful of financial firms that were there. It was almost all startups and software vendors. At that point, very few financial firms were building apps in the cloud. Some were using or starting to use software as a service firms like Salesforce or ServiceNow, but, but no one was developing to run in the public cloud. In fact, at that conference, a lot of firms that we met said, why are you here? Like, what are you, what are you doing here? We went live production with our first public cloud app a month later in December of 2012, but it was really just bare bones, basic, public-facing data distribution. It took us a number of years to understand the cloud, and I think this kind of parallels the rest of our industry peers. Not the obvious things like unlimited scalability and ease of experiments, but some of the cultural things like the need for complete automation, the need for fully engineering your requirements. And it took a couple of years for DTCC to get cultural and organizational alignment around what that meant for our ecosystem and how you actually converted from a traditional organization that focused on traditional on-prem solutions to cloud-oriented solutions. And that includes private cloud and public cloud. The joke was comparing it to a health club where just joining the club doesn't suddenly magically get you fit and in shape. You actually have to get on the machines and use the club and, and align the whole regiment to your needs. So just being in the cloud and saying I'm, I'm in the cloud doesn't bring scale, it doesn't bring resiliency, it doesn't bring all of that magic. We had to engineer it and spend a lot of time working with our technical experts to meet all of our functional requirements for performance, for resilience, to meet our recovery time and recovery point objectives. And we've seen, and this paper seems to validate, that many in the financial industry had a similar journey. And we've now reached that point in the industry where architectures, repeatable playbooks, best practices exist. And adoption, we could see, is clearly accelerating. Firms are building new in the cloud and migrating existing workloads and now starting to close on-prem data centers. And we just see that accelerating. Thank you. Another finding from the research paper is that data exchange is often hindered by manual and batch processing, which opens the door to opportunities to utilize data marketplaces, DLT, and APIs. Monica, can you comment on this? Sure. And I thought this was a really interesting finding. So it's good to have a chance to talk through it a bit. We know the securities industry is built on data, and it's not surprising to learn that market participants are frequently exchanging data across the whole of the trading value chain. And although it's exciting to imagine better ways of using this data, moving the data back and forth in a reliable and a secure manner and ensuring that it matches at both ends is an important, if slightly less glamorous, first step. But it's an important first step. Our study found that this area of sharing and exchanging data with external clients and counterparties is one that's still largely dependent on manual and batch-based approaches. We found facts, spreadsheets, and flat file transfers still commonly and widely supported. So there's a real opportunity here for firms to potentially leapfrog to fully digital workflows. And this is where data can then be more fully leveraged throughout their organization. This is really exciting because it offers the potential for improved client experience and even new revenue opportunities if value can be added to the data in a way that benefits the clients. 
So in fact, modern data exchange technologies can help address a range of issues that really need to be tackled before firms can better leverage their data. And these things are like data timeliness and quality, data security and privacy, governance and lineage, and modern approaches such as data marketplaces, distributed ledger technology and APIs support both efficient and real-time data transfer and exchange while offering high levels of built-in security. So we found study participants, especially the larger banks, plan to support older data exchange methods in parallel with modern approaches. And this is to ensure all clients have an opportunity to modernize at their own pace. However, the majority of study participants said that they're seeing the use of legacy data transfer mechanisms declining. So while, you know, on the one hand, they are trying to do this in parallel, but we are seeing the good news is we are seeing that sort of legacy use declining with these newer modern choices increasing. So that that all combines to give us a view that there is now an opportunity to agree around standardized exchange formats across the industry and ensure that these requirements can be met by the modern data exchange technologies. So at the same time, industry-wide coordination will be needed to ensure all the clients feel comfortable upgrading. And until we reach that point, there will continue to be pressure on firms to keep supporting those clients who are lagging slightly behind. This is partially because the you know building the business use case for migrating to these newer technologies can be challenging for post-trade business lines. Study participants commented that central utilities like the DTCC could play a role in helping the industry to modernize, and perhaps this could be in combination with other industry initiatives, such as the move to T plus one. Thank you. And Rob, from your perspective, how can financial services firms benefit from utilizing these opportunities? Sure, Christine. Um, To Monica's many points, this is really a critical topic for modernization, Uh, But it's still evolving in terms of direction, whether that's around the platform, uh, the protocols, uh, or even the sharing methodology. The long-running joke is that the financial industry is a giant reconciliation platform that does banking on the side. The existing models were all built decades ago when technology meant everyone had to have their own systems and their own databases and their own infrastructure, which to be clear, were all purchased from technology vendors. Banks generally were not in the business of building their own computers. They weren't in the business of developing their own operating systems. Connectivity meant customized network connections, but they were all purchased from telco vendors. So, you know, all of these were always going through and involving vendor interactions. So the proprietary model and the proprietary nature is a little bit of a myth. There were always vendors involved. So leveraging cloud, leveraging the internet, leveraging standards and standard protocols. This is not the first time that that firms are cooperating or buying computing services from a vendor. So I think there's a real opportunity to change the paradigm. If we're building a new platform today to support the next version of the financial industry, we should take advantage of technology of 2022, open source software, general and open standards, compute storage and networking from mega scale cloud providers and the internet, automation and workflow technology, and database technology that leverages the advantages of that cloud-based infrastructure. I think there's a real advantage of combining shared database technology with some of the advantage that distributed ledger technology brings in terms of uh, shared orchestrated workflows 
shared business logic and data schemas combined into smart contracts. And if all of us could orchestrate these financial transactions to a common set of events that align with a set of standards and set of common protocols, and then common ways of sharing data, both between firms and with our regulators, I think we could vastly simplify the entire ecosystem of the financial industry and not have you know the multiple replicas and redundancies that we have today. And TTCC is very focused on leading in that regard. Some of the recent announcements we've made with regards to data exchange with Snowflake as a partner, certainly all the uh, evidence that came out of this white paper and working with our industry partners on what the way DTCC can bring its industry central and industry owned and industry governed perspective to help advance this model. And building on everything you just said, um, to wrap us up, what are you the most excited about when you consider what's on the horizon for emerging technology within financial services? I've been in the industry for a long time, and, and right now is a generational opportunity to remake the entire industry. It's really phenomenal in terms of the opportunity in front of us and, and how exciting it is. The internet and the cloud have removed barriers of entry. So there are really many new entries into this industry. And the emerging set of new services that are coming from these new entrants, these the fintech firms, they're mobile enabled, they leverage AI and machine learning, and they're entirely, entirely geared toward an awesome client experience. Marrying all these exciting new services and experiences with a solid, regulated, resilient bedrock that everyone expects for their investments, their retirement accounts, and all of their financial transactions, that's the opportunity. There's really never been a better time to be in technology in the financial industry. So I'm very excited for what lies ahead. And just to just to weigh in there, I mean, I absolutely agree, Rob. It's such an exciting time. And for those of us who have been in the industry for a longer time, I think we've seen the early push from analog to digital that came in sort of the 90s. And then we had the lull with dot-com. We had the you know financial markets crash, but we're really, the industry's just on the up now in terms of the use of technology and the potential that's out there. And what's really exciting for me, in addition to everything you said, um, is just to see how firms are embracing what I call the enabling emerging technology. So things like cloud and DLT and artificial intelligence, they combine to really digitize processes and then that can lead to transforming whole workflows and eventually the ecosystem. So whether you know that means things like citizen data scientists becoming real or distributed finance becoming real, you know, it's actually more likely going to be something that I can't even imagine just now. But I'm just so excited to see where the industry goes next, you know, where we see these technologies continue to intersect and offer this potential for new products, new business models across all of capital markets. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to Advancing Financial Markets Together. To subscribe to receive new episodes directly to your inbox as soon as they're available, visit dtcc.com slash podcast.